0: Hi, Ruv Judah here, Baba Bachar Parikh Yud, Mishnah Gimel. This Mishnah deals with a series of different documents that are written up in a series of different cases and focuses upon whether or not both parties need to be present for the writing of the document, consent to the document, so on and so forth, as well as who's on the hook to pay the scribal fee, the, the sofer, for the writing of this document. Kotvin Getli Ish Here we're talking about the kind of get that we colloquially refer to as a get, namely a divorce document. And it says that a man can go to a scribe and hire a scribe to write a get without his wife, soon-to-be ex-wife, being there because the responsibility to write the get uh, falls on him. And he can do so on his own. So he can go and write this. Now, Rebbeinu Gershom, in the 11th century, made a, a takana, an enactment that is still in force, that one cannot divorce uh, against someone's will, that both parties need to agree. That having been said, this Mishnah is being written before that. And the point is that he can go and hire a scribe to go write the get, even though his wife is not there. And the other way around, hashovar imbala ima, the woman... Who's received the get can hire a scribe to write her. It's effectively it's a receipt. This receipt allows her to remarry. It it um, it is her ongoing proof that she is divorced and not married to this man, has no responsibilities, etc. So she can hire a scribe after the get has has taken place to write her a shovar, to write her this receipt, even though the husband's not there, because the receipt is for her benefit, and he's already they're already divorced, and so the husband really has no say in whether or not she goes and gets this shovar. On condition that the scribe actually knows the people involved. The concern here is that a uh, a person may go, and you could have, remember that in their day they didn't really use last names. So the example used in the Gemara is Yosef bin Shimon. You have a guy named Yosef whose father's name was Shimon, and he's married to, I don't know, Sarah. So, Yosef bin Shimon is divorcing Sarah, but there could be more than one Yosef bin Shimon in the city, and there could be more than one Sarah in the city. So, we want to make sure that the scribe knows that we actually have the correct people here, because if one were to, let's say you have two friends, both of them are named Yosef, son of Shimon, uh, you can't go, a a get must be ordered by the husband for his wife, and it has to be this relationship. You can't do this on behalf of a friend. It's not like a fill-in-the-blank document. It has to be written for the couple. That's based off of the word in the Torah. Vakatzav the La has to be written for them, and La Lishma has to be written for their purposes. And so you can't go and get for someone else who happens to have the same name. So the, the sofer has to know the people involved. Know, okay, this is who I'm talking about. Nobody's getting for somebody else. And the cost of the get falls upon the husband. The cost of the shovar, the receipt, falls upon the wife, because that's for her purposes. Um, but the payment for the writing of the get is the, is the husband's responsibility. Let's say we're writing up loan documents. One can write up a loan document for a borrower, even though the lender is not with them, meaning in the hopes that uh, that Bob is going to lend me money, then I can go to a scribe and say, listen, you do me a favor. I want to make this smooth and easy. Could you write me up a document that says that Bob lent me $1,000? And have all that taken care of, so then I can go approach Bob, and if Bob says, sure, I say, look, I've already made this easy. I've got this document right here. Aha! Uh-huh. So we go ahead and, uh, and move on. Um the uh, that works from the borrower's perspective. However, in and the MAVA, we don't have lenders do that because if a lender, the, the borrower will only use that document if they actually got the money. If Bob says no, then this borrower is is going to tear up the document or hide it or put it away somewhere, and it won't be used against them. If a lender could go without a borrower present and say write up documents and say that so and so owes me money. And then uh, Bob could go and write a and say that so-and-so owes him money. So then Bob could write up lots of documents, and then it would be up to these borrowers who never even met Bob or never borrowed any money from Bob to have to prove that the fact that Bob has a loan document um, is uh, is valid, that they owe Bob any money at all. It's just it's a setup for scamming people. So it's really only the borrower could do it because the borrower has reason to tear up the document if they don't actually get the loan in the end. And the cost of writing up the this loan document, the cost of the scribal fee, falls upon the borrower, who's the one benefiting here from the loan or benefiting more actually benefiting at all because we don't land on interest. Okay, let's say we're selling something, and particularly the, the, the Gemara is interested in selling land. If we're writing up a, a deed of a sale of land, so a, uh, a seller can write up a deed for sale of land without the buyer there because they're the one, they right now have possession of the land, everybody knows they have possession of the land, and they'll only hand over that document if they actually got paid. For it, If they tried to sell it and the sale didn't go through, they'll just get rid of the document. But you can't do that for a buyer because if a buyer had a document saying that they had bought land, even if they didn't pay it, they could just walk around saying, hey, look, here's my document that says that I bought the land. And so uh, they could try to claim other people's land without ever having paid for it. So it's really only the seller can do that without the buyer around and not vice versa. The buyer can only do it when the seller is present and agreeing, etc. This is interesting. The, um, the one who pays for the land is the buyer. And the Gemara has an interesting twist on it. it says that the uh, who, pays, sorry, who pays the scribal fee is the buyer. And that is because it says that at the end of the day, the Gemara's assumption is that even if it's poor quality land, the buyer always got something of, of greater value because cash can be spent. The seller can get the cash and who knows where it'll go. But that land sticks around. They're not making any more of it. Interesting.